Hi there. This is Karen. I'm with the Woman Inspired Podcast. I hope that's where you meant to land is on the Woman Inspired Podcast. But if you didn't, welcome anyway and hang out for a while. I think you might like it. I hope you do. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, I would encourage you to please download it if you're going to listen to this. Uh, That helps me support my my download list, but it it helps me support this podcast uh, through sponsorships and things like that. So I appreciate it. But also please like, comment, follow, share it with other people. I would greatly appreciate it. This podcast is for women and men, anyone who's interested uh, uh, by this woman. I am the woman who is inspired enough to share it with you. So it's a little bit of fun, a little bit of ridiculousness at times, some seriousness and biblical truth that I like to share with you that God has put on my heart. And so I just have to be obedient and do what he calls me to do. So that's what this podcast is about. I cover all kinds of crazy topics and good topics and serious topics. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully you will enjoy it. I know I am blessed by doing this and I love your comments, your questions, and probably soon here, we're going to do another uh, listener comments and questions episode. But for today, today's episode is called the ultimate headgear. Yep. The ultimate headgear. We'll get into that more in a minute, but I want to say, please, if you are inclined and you would like to explore other podcasts and you like this podcast, you might like some over on accessmore.com. So head on over there. They've got all kinds of educational, theological, inspirational, faith-based, faith-building speakers and podcasters out there. Some you've heard of, some you probably haven't heard of, but you need to hear about and hear from. So I know you'll love it. If you like Bob Goff, uh, Lisa Harper, Torn Wells, anyone in that area and beyond, they are there accessmore.com. So if you don't mind, go on out there and check it out. It's a safe place to look for new podcasts. I think you'll like it. I know I do. All right. So again, today's podcast episode is titled The Ultimate Headgear. But I have some pod quotes I'm going to start out with. Ready? Here we go. I have no idea who said these except I'm saying them right now, but I don't know where they originate from. The first one, if you don't fill your mind with the word of God, The enemy will fill it with fear, anxiety, stress, worry, and temptation. Oh, how true that is. I know that to be very true for myself, and uh, I'm not that much different than everybody else. Okay, a little stranger at times, but I'm not that much different than everybody else. Okay, another quote, and this actually comes from, or is derived from, derived. I can say that word. Hold on. Derived. This quote, I believe is derived from Hebrews 3, 1. Uh, And it's so applicable. Ready? When you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes your thoughts. I'm going to say it again. When you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes your thoughts. I'll get more into that later. I loved it. All right. So, um, the episode today talking about the ultimate headgear. It is not a story on the correct ways to wear helmets, although it kind of sounds like it. But I will talk about headgear as in hats, caps, that kind of headgear, because it is the season for many people around the world 
to dig deep into their closets to pull out those warm woolen caps and earmuffs, the thicker ball caps to cover their bald heads, <laughs> like my husband. <laughs> um, I personally love hats, but I hate the effect they have on my hair. Don't know if any of you can relate to that. I have so little hair <laughs> that it, it easily gets staticky. So when I have to inevitably, and I can't talk to me, enjoy this inevitably when I eventually have to pull the hat off my head my hair looks like I'm kind of part of Frankenstein's lab experiments I feel I feel uh forgive me God a little envious because I see a lot of women wear these adorable winter caps and I think wow I'd love to be able to put one of those on and I, I think I look pretty good in a hat. So the looking cute part isn't so hard, but looking cute after you take it off, I'd like to be able to do that. But the fact is an adorable winter woolen knitted or sewn hat is pretty much wasted on me most of the time because my head sweats like crazy once it's warmed up. So when I take the hat off, if I don't look like my hair is electrified, <laughs> It looks like I just got out of a swimming pool. For this reason, I've gone to the simple act of wearing a scarf most winters. I've done that for years. The scarf is versatile. I can pull it slightly over my head if I need to. I kind of look like a little woman on the, ha you know, little house on the prairie. <laughs> um, uh, but it, I can wrap it around my neck. It puts, keeps my neck warm. I can also wrap it around my face to keep my face warm, not breathe in such cold air. Um, and, and I'm also fond of earmuffs cute earmuffs, by the way, little characters on them, funny things. I just, whatever, I'll wear whatever on my hair and on my head <laughs> just to, to, just because I like quirky things. So they do tend to mess up my hair a little bit, but the band goes um, from one side to the other and it's not as bad as wearing a hat and they keep my ears from getting frostbitten. But I see people put their earmuffs on and then they put the strap either under their chin or across the back of their head rather than on top of their head. And again, I don't know how they do that. So goody, goody for you all who are able to do that. But that's not happening with me because my head is huge and it's shaped weird. I think it doesn't work with earmuffs like that. I see people do that with their sunglasses too. They put them on backwards. How's your head proportionate like that? I don't like, I, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. But again, back to my original statement. I actually do love hats. I remember when I was a kid, I was way ahead of the trend uh, that's been going on the last 10, 15 years because I wore a knit hat all the time. You know, like some of these wrappers and all these people you see. I had this yellow, uh, white striped hat. It was like, well, mainly yellow and this white strap all the way around it. I think I wore it from the second grade all the way through the fifth grade. <laughs> until I wore it out or my mom threw it away. I don't know what happened to it, but um, I just loved it. I remember that. I, I don't know how many pictures I have with me in that hat from when I was younger. And then I went through a ball cap phase in my early 20s as well. Again, I love a good a good hat, a good cap. Um, it's nice. Since that time, though, I think my head has changed shape and size. But I, I kind of digress there. But I am talking about headgear. So I got to thinking about hats and caps and headgear and head protection the other day when I was driving home from an appointment. It was pretty cold that day. It was not quite below freezing, but um, maybe just a little bit, probably around 25 degrees, but it was sunny outside. And I saw all these cars ahead of me slowing down. And we were going south 
and the northbound lanes on this this state road had flashing lights on that side. Naturally, the looky-loos going the opposite direction of the flashing lights, which was the direction I was headed, um, slowed down worse than the ones moving aside to avoid the flashing lights from the cop cars on the other side. It's always the way, isn't it? I, I did my usual as I approach lights. I take a second to pray just in case it's an accident. Um, so as my car got closer though, I confess I did the looky-loo thing too. I, I participated. I, I did so at first though, because as I got closer, um, because my car had to slow down because all the cars in front of me were slowing down. But as I got closer, I saw that the vehicle that was pulled over by the police looked very similar to our neighbor's vehicle. It was a red truck. And that uh, struck some concern in my heart because our neighbor is an 84-year-old gentleman farmer who is a wonderful, sweet, kind man and drives like a 200-year-old turtle in a race to see who can be the last to cross the finish line. <laughs> so it's scary at times, bless his heart. But so, so I had some concerns. But as I got closer, I could tell the truck was just a little different from his. And by the time I slowed, though, and looked over, it was too late to unsee what I saw. <laughs> so as I approached, the man in the driver's seat was getting out of the truck, door open, stepping out into the cold weather. And there was a police officer approaching on one side, a police officer approaching on the other side. And well, I'll tell you that he had a ball cap on. He had a ball cap on. That was it. <laughs> that was all he had on. <laughs> and they scooted him right back into the truck. ASAP. Again, too late for this looky-loo. I looky-looked and saw more, oh my word, more than I needed to see in a ball cap. Um, at least he was wearing a ball cap, right? <laughs> Gotta keep the old noggin warm if nothing else. <laughs> and then of course, these random thoughts come into my head. Where does he put his keys when he gets out of the truck? I, I don't know. Under his hat? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to know where his driver's license was. Is, is the hat enough protection in the winter? I mean, have the rest of us been getting it all wrong? This is what I'm thinking. I mean, you hear of people in the frozen tundra decked in parkas and fur-lined everything next to fires freezing to death from hypothermia. But this guy was just in a ball cap and was freezing outside. Maybe he has it right and we have it wrong. No, I don't think we do. I'm just joking. <laughs> But it did get me to thinking about having the right protection for the right scenario. And I thought, surely the cop cars have some sort of extra jacket or blanket or, or something for occasions like this. It also got me to thinking about how this man basically protected one thing in all of that, his head. He put on a hat, probably out of habit. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he was joyriding, if he was angry and storming off from a situation, if he was chased by a lover, I don't know, drunk or high, senile, I have no idea. Uh, but he, somehow in there, he decided he was going to put a hat on his head and protect his head. So if you're going to protect something, maybe your head should be the first thing to protect. It, uh, after all, it houses this computer that runs your entire body, right? Think about it. However, in below freezing temps, to, to properly protect his head, he should have been wearing something fur-lined and thick and warm. We all know that. It, that would make sense. Um, but don't we often do like this man did? We go out without the proper protection. Can you imagine if a football player wore a knit cap instead of a helmet? 
to play a football game. Or if an MMA fighter wore a pillbox hat, like from, or a hat from the Roaring Twenties with a big feather on it, instead of a padded helmet during a fight. The damage to their head and their brain would be colossal and life-threatening. And yet most of us go out and about, up in the morning and late at night, wherever we go, without the proper headgear, without the ultimate headgear, without the protection we need for our brain. We just act as if it's no big deal to go around unprotected, when all the while we have the protection we need right at our disposal all the time. You see, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6.13 that if we take up the whole armor of God, that we'll be able to withstand evil and stand firm. Yet so many of us either don't really know what the armor of God is or we forget about it. And guilty as charged right here talking to you right now on this podcast. I've studied the armor of God. I don't know how many times and I've taught about it. And yet one of the most important pieces of armor there is the helmet of salvation, the helmet, the headgear, the ultimate headgear. I forget about it. I think in some sense, I take it for granted. And then when I'm attacked, I'm shocked that I'm attacked and it affects me uh, mentally and in my decision-making and in so many ways, uh, in a profound way. And I'm shocked about that. Are you similar? Is maybe you don't know much about the armor of God, or in this case, specifically about the part of the armor called the helmet. So the armor of God is talked about in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And I'm just going to read that whole little uh, Bible verse section for you. Ready? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. And then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So see how the first part of this verse sets us up. It, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then if we pay attention, it tells us how in the world we can do that. So if you just read the first part by itself, it sounds overwhelming, doesn't it? Oh yeah, sure. No big deal. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Easy peasy. <laughs> The fact is, though, we don't have to wonder or how or, or with what tools we're supposed to do that because then Paul, who wrote Ephesians, goes on to tell us. But for this podcast episode, I'm going to focus, though, on the headgear, the ultimate headgear. Now, the head is pretty much the most essential part of a person's physical being. And in scripture, you can also see throughout history and 
to God um, and to the Lord, how the head is considered basically, when you're talking about someone's head, you're also talking about their entire being. So the head represents who the person is. For example, people who would place their hands on the head of a person when that person was being blessed, um, they were doing it on purpose. So they were praying over that person, but they purposely put their hands right on their head. If you check out Matthew 19, 15, there's a, an example of it in there. So they aren't just blessing the head though, but, but the head is prayed over. So also in Genesis 49, 26, it talks about curses and there's several places in the Bible this happens, but here's one, one example of it. So when curses were made in the Bible, they would fall on someone's head. Okay. And in Genesis 3.15, <clears throat> Jesus crushes the head of the serpent. It's a blow that can't be come back from. I mean, that, that didn't, that wasn't good grammar. But anyway, it's, it's a blow that the serpent can't come back from. He crushes the head. So when you crush the head, you've crushed the entire being. So the blow to the head was final, like totally destroying the serpent. So think about it even in common modern day terms, in political terms or in kingdom terms, when you have a leader of a country, they're called the head. So we have heads of state, we have heads of committees. Um, they're all the head over the entire body that they rule over. We're supposed to have the head of the family. You have someone who sits at the head of a table, who leads the, the entire table in prayer, but represents the entire group of people at the table or represents the entire family for many things. So people who are considered the head of something are supposed to help protect and lead the entire body that they represent. I know supposed to be because that doesn't always happen. But so the head is significant. So when we talk about the head of something, we're also talking about someone's whole entire being. And again, our head and what's in our head, without it, our physical being would not exist because it is the computer that runs every uh, biological and physical aspect of our flesh. So when I think of headgear, specifically a helmet, because we're talking in here in the armor of God is called a helmet and the helmet of salvation. It's specifically a helmet. And in, in the day in the age uh, of the Roman times, I'm not sure about you, but, um, I, I don't usually, when I think of helmet, I don't think about a helmet as in Roman times, or even a helmet as in warfare, because that's not my mindset. It's more modern day. So I think about a bike helmet or a, motor a motorcycle helmet, a football helmet. But back in Roman times, their helmet design was completely different than what we consider a helmet. They weren't made for protection during playing games, but for going to war, for being in battle. So when they're talking about the helmet of salvation, they're also reflecting on how uh, a helmet was designed back then. You think about the whole armor of God. Every piece has some sort of physical and spiritual significance. So again, right now, today, we're talking about the helmet of salvation. Helmets then were not made like, on a long manufacturing line with a specific mold from high impact resin or plastic materials like today. They had to be forged individually to fit a person's head, which means that no two were exactly alike. And they all had some variation to them, even though there was a basic design that they used. And if you, if you apply that to the helmet of salvation, even though salvation um, is the key word here, the helmet, how God protects you is specific to who you are.
just like how helmets were made in for individuals for exactly designed for each individual. They knew that when they wrote this, they knew that when these words were inspired, the helmet of salvation. So even though it's all salvation and we're all forgiven and we all have eternal life and through this salvation, we are protected as individuals in the ways that we need to be protected for the life that we're living, the challenges that come our way and the ways that Satan will attack us because God is a God of purpose and individuality. In other words, he takes each person individually and he will protect you from the weaknesses that you have, from the, the arrows that come your way. Because you see, I'm not the same as you and you're not the same as me and we're not the same as they or them. Because we all have different weaknesses. We all have different challenges. Satan is going to attack us. The world is going to attack us all in different ways. In the ways that probably are, uh, they see our vulnerabilities. Where Satan sees our vulnerabilities and the ways that he can take us down. So God has made this for you, made this protection for you, specifically for you and for the way that you were created, for the ways that you live your life, for the ways that he knows you need the most help. So these helmets back then, like I said, they were forged individually to fit a person's head, which meant, again, that no two were exactly alike. So they all had some sort of variation to them, even though there was a, a basic design that they used because they knew it worked. Uh, a helmet back then in Roman times for, for warfare, um, usually they were all metal with fabric or leather padding in some of them, but it depended on how much money you had and what your station in life was, what kind of helmet you were afforded. Because people who were considered poor usually had leather helmets that were just kind of fortified with metal pieces to protect certain parts of their head. But people who had more money had all metal helmets. But no matter the design here, the purpose of the helmet was to protect against deadly blows to the head just like helmets in modern day sports are intended to do and in our modern day helmets that soldiers wear in war. So if you think about helmet designs, they're pretty clever and each piece and each way that it's designed is pur purposeful. So back when the scripture was written about the armor of God, the helmets had cheek plates to guard against blows to the face and a metal piece in the back to protect against uh, a hit to the very back of the head where the, the brainstem would be and to the back of the neck. And over time, they started to make like a low, a piece that went lower in the front to help cover the eyes, to protect the eyes too. But no matter the design, a helmet protects a soldier against damage and deadly blows to the head. Spiritually speaking, in the armor of God, the helmet of salvation that we're told about in Ephesians protects the mind against anything that would disorient or try to destroy a Christian. It helps keep us from mental attacks, confusion, strikes against our mindset and mental health, strikes against our mental health and protects us from discouragement and deceit. So can you think of anything, anything at all that's been created, formed or crafted in this world that might be used to wage war against your mind and your mindset, against your brain, against your perspective, your confidence, any current modern day invention or two or three that might be being used as a weapon against the brains and heads of people individually and en masse.
Yeah, I, I know you can. We all can. It's interesting because apparently uh, in Roman war warfare, the helmet and the sword were the last two pieces of armor a soldier would put on. And in modern military uniforms, same thing. A helmet would be the last thing to go on because it can get so hot um, that it wouldn't be put on unless serious dangers were ahead or, or when a soldier was headed straight into something that would threaten a blow to the head or a dangerous situation that would that where their head might be attacked. Um, like, you know, um, shrapnel or bombs or, you know, something like that. So the helmet can definitely help a soldier feel safer in battle um, because at least that is part of the point of it, right? Part of its job is to help them feel more secure and safe and in going into battle because helmets are time tested soldier and athlete approved. That's the history of the helmet in a nutshell, right? Because we wouldn't be continuing to wear them or try to perfect them in, in modern day culture if they didn't work, because if they didn't work, um, what would be the point? Why would we even wear one? And why would we have a reference to them and to a whole armor of God uh, in the Bible if it weren't essential, if it weren't important, if it wouldn't actually help protect us? So when you put on the helmet of salvation, it literally gives you a confidence and safety during attacks. And putting on the helmet of salvation means that you are walking in the fact and the knowledge that you have salvation through the Lord. And that fact and that knowledge and embracing in it, walking in it, living like you know it helps protect your mind. So hang with me. All right. Salvation is a protection that comes only from the Lord. The knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and what we have um, in the hope that is beyond all other hopes which is eternal life, grace, and forgiveness. It makes a difference in how we face each day, in how we face each crisis, each decision, each dilemma, each attack. Knowing that we have salvation, that we have eternal hope, forgiveness, grace, assistance, love, and acceptance, all these things, it does and should make a difference in how we operate on a day-to-day -day basis. And that protects us. It, it stays ingrained in our minds when we accept the salvation that Christ gives us. This hope through the salvation that we were freely given, by the way, makes all the difference in how we face each day. It makes a difference in our decision making and how we treat other people and whether we have discernment or not and whether or not we live, you know, in how we live day in and day out and whether or not we live as God would have us live day in and day out. And whether or not we answer his calling on our life. And we have faith in that, that no matter what happens, it's going to work out and our salvation protects us. Our salvation, you know, even we, if we mess up, even if we have to go to the Lord over and over and we ask for forgiveness and we ha it, it, it's a hard task to grow, we have still been given salvation through Jesus Christ. That is a confidence that if you don't have it, I, I don't even know what to say there. I'm like, if you don't have that confidence and you don't know that you have that, you surely operate completely differently in how you treat the world and in how you feel you're treated and how you make decisions. So this helmet of salvation, this salvation that we remind ourselves, um, 
every day to stay clothed with, to operate out of. It helps us in our daily battle as we continue to be the children of God that we're called to be. Because think of it this way. When we put on the helmet of salvation, we put on Christ himself. Christ protects not just our heads, but our entire beings from spiritual death and from painful attacks that could render us speechless, helpless, confused, kind of dejected and feeling rejected. It it can protect us from feeling inferior, uh, from creating this buildup of anger. It can, can protect us from making our minds a greater battlefield. It can protect us from depression, anxiety, and fear, and at the very least, help us understand all of that better. So to wear the helmet of salvation means to live every day focused on eternity instead of just where we are in the moment, and help us focus on the promised future that we have beyond what we see right now in front of our face. It makes us not feel like we're walking around as if we're dead men walking with no hope except a zombie apocalypse to come. I mean, the helmet of salvation turns our eyes back to Jesus. Just like the other pod quote I had that is really derived from Hebrews. When you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes your thoughts. So if your thought patterns are unhealthy, um, your, your ability to think clearly is, is, is going away. Uh, you can't make good decisions. Um, you can't follow the will of God, then then you're broken. Then your thoughts, your brain, your all of that, it, it's, it has a break in it. It needs to be fixed. So when you have the helmet of salvation on, then you steadily, always, in the core of your mind, in the core of your spirit, in the back of your mind, in the front of your mind, you're focused on the Lord because you're focused on salvation. And so when you're focused on that, when your thoughts are focused and fixed on, on the Lord, then he will fix your thoughts. So if you have broken thoughts and unhealthy thoughts, he will help fix them. You need to remember that you, you have a helmet of salvation that you have to wear in order to stay protected. And in doing so, you can fix your thoughts on Jesus like you're supposed to. And when you do, he'll fix your thoughts that are broken. He will right the wrong thinking. He'll shine the light of truth on lies that you've believed and help you get rid of the poor decision making um, and, and anything that you've, you've embraced that's outside his plan for your life. Wearing the helmet of salvation reminds us that we need protection, that our mind is a battlefield and that we've been blessed with a full set of armor to use. So wearing this helmet of salvation literally changes the way we live because it's more than future benefits. Salvation is about more than saying, hey, I belong to Jesus, so I'm going to go to heaven. It's about more than having a bumper sticker with a fish on it that says John 3.16 in the middle of it. Salvation and the knowledge of it, the truth and reality of it, and the ability to put it on and use it as protection every single day is supposed to impact not just our eternal future, but our present life. But if we just go along and say, yeah, I have salvation through Jesus and don't apply that truth and reality to our daily lives, allowing it to affect how we operate on a daily basis and how we battle, then we're just taking the fullness of that salvation for granted and kind of throwing it back in Jesus's face like, yeah, I got it. Fine. Move on. So when you're going about your day, I really want to encourage you to remember that you've been blessed with protection 
And part of that protection is the helmet of salvation, the knowledge of salvation, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's the ultimate headgear. It's always in fashion, by the way. And that salvation, it redeems us. That salvation restores us and it protects us and shields us from those daily attacks from Satan. So I encourage you, again, to dig into the full armor of God that's listed um, and, and talked about there in Ephesians. There are loads of studies on it out there that are great and high quality. And I'm probably going to be doing a few more episodes on the armor of God because God's just really put it on my heart lately because, again, confession here. I have not been picking up my armor and using it like I should. And I need to, I know the difference in how it helps me to live. I know the difference it makes in this battle day to day and in this battlefield in my mind. So there are loads of studies again out there that can help you to understand it, but I will be doing some future episodes on all the various parts of the armor of God. I hope this one has been clear. I get really uh, passionate about it and excited about it. And sometimes I stumble over my words, but hopefully you were able to understand it and understand the idea of how important the helmet of salvation is in the armor of God and that it is the ultimate headgear. It is the ultimate form of protection for this battlefield that you have between your ears. So I thank you so much for uh, in being a part of the Woman Inspired podcast. I thank you for those people who help support me and encourage me for your prayers. Uh, if you wouldn't mind hopping out to uh, uh, Instagram, that's what I was going to say, Instagram, and you'll find me at One Woman Inspired. This is the number one followed by Woman Inspired and follow me there. You can also go out to womaninspired.com to find out more information about this podcast and uh, Inspired Whispers podcast, as well as how to book me for your next event. If you have a retreat or a conference or something and you need a speaker, check me out there. Also, in the future, you will be hearing more information about my new YouTube channel coming up and what's going on out there. So thank you so much. I pray that you have a blessed week.